Welcome to UBA Throws Podcast. Can a Division 3 athlete make his way up to D1 Power 5 school? Absolutely. And our guest today, Ty Kinsman, managed to do just that and more. Ty is one of our best hammer throwers of all time, ranking 6th on our all-time list. He qualified for NCAA East preliminary round, threw over 60 meters there. His PR now is 61.20, which is 200 feet and 9 inches. He was named to 2021 ACC Academic Honor Roll and also named to 2021 USATF All-Academic Team. His master's was in higher education at UVA and now he's doing a PhD at UGA. Ty's story is truly remarkable, worth listening, whether you are an athlete or a coach. He did both football and track in college, experienced some injuries and setbacks, but found a way to refocus himself. As I mentioned, he went to D3 school, got his focus together, and if he continues on this trajectory, he will be the first president of the world. I mean, really, folks, the perseverance, the hard work, the determination of this guy is incredible. Take a listen. It's well worth it. Without further ado, Ty Kunzman. All right, so Ty Kunzman. <laughs> we have Ty here. A graduate student, incredible athlete, tremendous help for our program, uh, came in from undergraduate degree from somewhere else. And I wanted to talk to you, uh, Ty, a little bit about your whole experience of track and field. So how did you get into throwing in the first place? Were you a thrower in high school? How did that, how did that come about? Yeah, so I started track uh, in middle school. And I originally started because I wasn't very good at baseball when I did that. Um, and my older sister had ran cross country and done track as a distance runner. So when I actually started out, I did distance for a while. Um, nothing too crazy, just the mile and 800. And then um, they moved me down to the 400. Um, oh. And around that time, they added in discus and shot. And they had me try out pole vault for a little bit too. <laughs> um, but I got pretty big, pretty fast. And that's when I moved solely to throwing events. And mm. I, uh, I kind of originally did it too, just as something to stay in shape and football's off season. And after a while I developed a passion for it and realized I liked it a lot more than football at the end of the day. So. Okay. And now when you uh, uh, were, going through your recruiting pro process in high school did you know uh, you played football in college and track right at the same time so is that something you want or it just kind of turned out like that yeah so coming out of high school I was still kind of stuck on uh football as my sport and um I had some colleges recruiting me for track um at the very end of my senior year um and I don't know I kind of I kind of just really still wanted to play football yeah. and um, I definitely based too much of my decision at the time off of that, but I did uh, football my first two years of college. Um, I did outdoor track my first year and my second year I did outdoor and indoor track as well. Mm. Um, and at that point I hurt my knee again um, playing football and I still wanted to do something athletically. So I went with track. So at Hamilton, right? You were doing only two years of football? Yep. 
uh, my first two years. How was that? So not many athletes get to do both sports. How was training for that? Were you able, how did you throw? When did you throw? Did you have like a fall off? How did it work? Yeah, so since it was uh, the division three level, there really wasn't uh, like off season practices um, for track. Uh, so I kind of just threw on my own. I had access to the uh, storage lockers where we kept the implements and I'd go in on my own and practice. Um, and besides that, I just followed the football lifting programs in the off season, um, which realistically was beneficial at the time, but probably not beneficial in terms of focusing on hammer because it was pretty uh, upper body heavy, specifically the chest. Um, yeah. <laughs> And uh, yeah, and then like in the spring when I had track, I would normally have morning football practice. Um, well, it wasn't practice, I guess. We had a, like a gym class that was only the football team. Mm -hmm. And so I would do that and then I would have classes. I would have a lift at some point and then I would have track practice normally. So I'd have about three different things each day. Okay, yeah, that's that, that was a lot there. I remember when you came in. Uh, we have to kind of chill down on some things. Uh, you want to, to uh, train a little too hard. Uh, there's no such thing as too hard if you're resting up, but you being a graduate student, uh, it's, it's hard to do what you want to do. Um, and uh, yeah, you had a great college career. Uh, you uh, came in during the whole COVID. Uh, you were able to, to train and you did something really cool in your backyard too. So tell us about that. <laughs> yeah, so um, when I graduated from undergrad, I had been sneaking up to uh, Ithaca College and Cornell University in New York to throw, but because of COVID, I knew I wouldn't have access to uh, the throwing circles there. And uh, my local high schools just didn't quite have fields that were accommodating and cages that were accommodating for practicing hammer. So we had a field next to my house that I went and built a throwing circle in and mowed a sector and stuff uh, so I could practice on my own. But it was great. But by the time I left UVA, it wasn't quite uh, large enough well, there. This is enough, yeah. No, but, when I saw that, um, that you did, it was over the summer. Over the, yeah, over the fall, summer, uh, well, I yeah. guess the COVID when it hit and I was like, oh, this kid is going to be real special. Man. He wants it real bad. If you build your own ring, that's, that's, uh, that's wanting it bad. Right. Uh, yeah. All of us coaches, we always talk about the grit and how bad athletes need to want it. Uh, building your own ring with cement. That's, 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 that's that level. That's that level. Um, and you had, you came in, you had an incredible year. And I remember watching your results from Hamilton and you did a great job in, in the way throw. Uh, playing football in track that's it's, like I said really hard to do uh, and you did really do a way throw hammer you were your potential was much higher than, than your distance was especially compared to the way throw uh, so when you came in I remember talking uh, to you and we had uh, a goal of 60 meters that was I mean you have to skip 50 plus it's just out of out of uh a question we need to go 60 uh, plus uh, to uh, to go to your level of your physical ability your talent uh, so how was that for you the whole the whole year we threw a lot how was that uh, training uh, compared to the studies that you had to do right so you still 
this is your fifth year or fourth year uh, of, of completing or third year completing uh, of the COVID and all <laughs> we have to calculate out. You're a junior, but this was your fifth year of school, right? Yeah. So, and it was the hardest year of school because you had to work so much for the graduate uh, degree. How did you manage to, to your time at UVA? Training hard and then doing master's degree. Yeah, so <laughs> it was a little crazy at times. Um, I had an internship I had to do too for my program. Um, so I had that in my free time as well. But uh, a lot of it was just planning and knowing every day what commitments I had and it changed weekly. Um, so I'd normally just like write it all down on Saturday or Sunday. So I knew what I had to do. And uh, the weekends were big, uh, not really sleeping in on the weekends uh, in the off season when we didn't have meets. It was normally getting up and doing schoolwork or work for my job. But um, yeah, it's just staying focused, doing work in the morning before practice and then getting done with practice, doing more work, going to class, getting done with class, lift eat dinner and then back to my room to do more studying until whenever it needed to be. <laughs> so were you, would you be able to do the work that you did at UVA in your master's degree if you had the same habits as your freshman year in college? No, not at all. Um, so when, first, it, how did you come uh, to that uh, realization? When, when did it hit you in the college? Like, Oh man, I got to organize my time better. Yeah, it was definitely a learning curve. Um, <laughs> I think I, I focused a little too much on things I shouldn't have focused on my first two years of college. And I didn't hit the books as hard as I needed to. Um, I didn't have a GPA like I wanted. And um, I don't know, I, I kind of got to my junior year and I was like, I want to go to grad school, but my grades don't reflect that whatsoever. And I knew that if I wanted to go, I'd need to get them up. And I know my parents also helped me with that. Um, there was, uh, I'm trying to think of how it went. It was, uh, uh, I think they just sat me down one day and were like, listen, your sister goes to Cornell and you're going to Hamilton. They were like, she definitely has it a little more tough academically. And they were like, her GPA is a little higher. Maybe you need to reinvent your priorities and uh that definitely helped along the way too and coming to the realization that I need to focus on school more and you know I did that my junior and senior year but I did it even more so um in the master's program so and now you're doing a PhD right is that correct yeah I'm doing a PhD now <laughs> yeah so so for all you folks out there who are struggling uh, in school, uh, if you uh, if you take any anything from this uh, interview is that you can change your life around a lot if you change your perspective, right? So you you came to realization helpful your parents, and uh, luckily you listened to them, all right. Not many athletes uh, decide to, to to do that to be open to suggestions, uh, and really sports is awesome, it's fun, but how many athletes go pro, right? There's statistics over there in NCAA, how many hundreds something more thousand of athletes in NCAA during the four year uh, and how the percentage of them going pro is, it's almost like hitting a lottery, right? So you can't really bank your, your um, success on, on athletics. Even if you play football, even play baseball or, or basketball, let alone track, <laughs> right? 
Uh, so what are you studying? So, and how did you get to like what you're doing? Yeah, so I am uh, studying at the Institute of Higher Education at the University of Georgia, and I'm getting my PhD in higher education. Um, and so I started out as a government major in undergrad because um, I knew I kind of wanted to work with policy in the public sector. And um, that seemed like the best way, obviously. And then, I don't know, as time went on, I was like, politics at the moment are pretty heated on both sides in the US. And I was like, I don't know if I want to spend the rest of my life in a constant argument. Mm. Um, and the more I studied, the more I realized that the root of a lot of the problems that currently are going on uh, stem from education, where if we have a more educated society and offer more opportunities to students and uh, individuals from a younger age, we can resolve a lot of the inequities we have and issues that we have in the public sector. So then uh, I kind of tailored my research interests as time went along um, into what I'm more interested in now in higher education, which is specifically improving uh, access, enrollment, retention, and graduation rates for students with disabilities and students from lower socioeconomic backgrounds. And then in addition to that, I'm also interested in more of a social aspect in improving sense of belonging among these students. So once we get them into college, how do we make them feel welcome and included in the atmosphere, um, specifically one that they might not be uh, accustomed to, so. That's, uh, yeah, that, that's such an important, important uh, field and it's such important to, uh, to have uh, so many uh, disadvantaged students, young men and women who are capable of many incredible things, but uh, they, they feel or unwelcome or they don't have resources. Uh, so that's, that's really noble of you. Uh, that's uh, not selfish at all, right? <laughs> completely, completely opposite. And uh, we, more, we need, definitely need more of that. Um, so yeah, I hope you, I know it's going to go well because you're a great student uh, and a great, great uh, human being overall. You're trying to help, uh, many people around you like you have here at UVA, you were a lot of help uh, to many athletes, some um, friends that you're gonna have for a long time. Uh, mm -hmm. So we were happy to have you in that one year blink of, of your experience. And how long is your program? How long is your uh, program there? Um, so I will have two years of instruction, um, which will be uh, fall, spring and summer classes. And then I'll have one to two years for writing my dissertation, depending on how quickly I get through that. Um, so we'll see. So you three or four, okay. Yeah. Oh, good. Then uh, do you want to stay on the East Coast? Cause you've been from the Northeast to the middle, right? On East and now you're on, a, on the bottom of Southeast in Georgia. Do you want to stay on the East Coast or? Yeah, um, I, <laughs> So I still haven't quite figured that out. I definitely want to stay on the East Coast. Um, I know New York was too cold for me. And then <laughs> Virginia, Virginia was like, all right. <laughs> it was like, all right. It's, it, you know, you've got the cold, you've got the heat. Um, and then now I've been in Georgia for only a couple of weeks, but it's definitely a different kind of heat down here. Um, so I'm thinking I'll probably end up somewhere in the middle, probably around Virginia when I'm done. But Go back definitely on the east coast maybe, yeah yeah well, yeah, well uh, and uh, in terms of of 
your journey through uh, different different universities. Uh, how, as a student, what are some challenges you had, and that you see the difference in uh, obviously focusing on school, uh, an environment that you had to control. How did you? Um, how did you? Uh, how do you feel? What what helped you go through all those? Because like, Hamilton is quite different than UVA, and mm -hmm. then now UGA. Right. So, what are some similarities that you that you see across, or some differences? Yeah. So. <laughs> Not in a good or bad way, just in terms of yeah. um, culture, maybe. Yeah. I guess not to make it too simple, but uh, all colleges are kind of the same in that you go to get an education and also you're going for an experience um, for meeting people and making connections and learning more about the area you're in. Um, so they were all kind of similar on that level. Hamilton was incredibly small. Um, there was only around 2,400 students. Wow. So at Hamilton, um, and obviously it was a division three school. So sports were quite different as well. Um, but you, you had to advocate for yourself less at the institution because, um, there was more robust support systems and they were able to focus more on each individual student. Mm. Um, Whereas I think when you get to a larger university, um, if you feel like you need help academically or in any other aspect, you need to reach out to the resources that are available. Um, not that they don't want to help you, but there's so many students that oh, can yeah. uh, look at each student and assess their needs and help them. Um, so that was definitely different. But there's also, you know, different resources available. So like at UVA, um, for instance, if I needed help tutoring or if I needed tutoring, um, I could reach out and get that in any of my classes through the athletic department. Whereas like at Hamilton, that wasn't a resource that was available to student athletes. Um, and yeah, it all kind of, it's just what you make of it at the end of the day. Um, if you invest the time and you try and make connections and try and utilize every resource you have available to you at the institution, um the experience will kind of i guess yeah uh i don't know how to explain it i guess make itself you know yeah you know, the results will come yeah 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 briefly if you put your effort in it the good result will come and i think that's a really very good point to make uh sometimes athletes and i you know we are in a great institution uh uva is a great school academically athletically but it doesn't mean that you cannot do some incredible things at the smaller institution as you have, right? So your path went through Hamilton, 2000 students uh, to UVA uh, and now at Georgia, 38, 300,000 students. So I, when I was there, it was 33,000, uh, right? Uh, so, so it doesn't matter where you are pretty much, it matters what you wanna do with it. And you made a decision second year, like, okay, I gotta get my stuff together, right? I, I, I have, I'm at university and still it's a, it's a university. It's a good university. Any university in the U.S., I would say it's really good compared to other countries. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can get a lot of out of it if you really want to get it, right? So even though it, it, you're at the small school, you did incredible things, get your, get your stuff together, third and fourth year, got into a master's program at UVA, now into PhD program at UGA. Uh, so I think you are a great example of, and for all these kids, like, oh, I got to go to the big school, right? If I don't go to the big school, oh, my God, 
no yeah you, you might that's a great thing but if you don't have opportunity or you didn't do well in high school in uh, athletically or academically mm-hmm. you can still work your way and and finish up uh i mean the phd right yeah <laughs> so i think your path is is really good example of that uh, a lot of kids get their mind and you know names names uh are very important to them uh and uh, prestige right mm-hmm. but really it's it's there's so many slots spots you can have for one team like we every year we only have 12 spots for um for incoming athletes right transfers also just few uh so and there's thousands of athletes who want to come here and i'm not, not saying this to boost ourselves but that's literally the case right and yeah. the big schools like uva is uh, but even if you don't make it you could uh do the path that you did and be wherever you wherever you want to be right with your master's degree or transfer uh there's a lot of athletes that i know my, my one of my best friends uh he went to junior college for two mm-hmm. years and uh transferred to uc berkeley right and he finished up there so you can you can do a lot of good things in small schools so um, yeah in, in in how in um to go along with that what would be your suggestion to high school athletes uh when they're looking for college and you being on on three different institutions now what would be something that you would if you could go back to your junior year in high school what would, would be some things that uh that you would think about yeah if i could go back i think uh the thing i would want to know that i know now is that athletics are great um but you can't base it all on sports um and i think definitely coming out of high school a lot of my decision in terms of college was where could i play football and uh I think you got to look at it a, a little more and see where you're going to grow the most academically. And um, you don't need to go to a college where you're going to be surrounded by like-minded individuals. It's definitely nice to have a group of people who you know you'll get along with, but you also want to be exposed to new ideas and um, just different viewpoints uh, to help you grow as an individual as well. And yeah, I would say just explore everything as much as you can uh, use the resources you have available, your guidance counselor, if you have one. Um, if not, I think college board has a website where you can go through and look at different colleges and compare based on, you know, like radius to your house or, um, just like what programs are offered, things like that. Um, and just explore that. And, uh, once you kind of narrow it down, go to each individual college website and, look over what you can find. And if you want to know more, call up the college and start asking questions. Um, they're always willing to answer and help you out. So. Yeah. That's, I didn't even know about that website. That's, that's a great resource. To, it seems like a good resource to have. Uh, how far was Hamilton from your house, from your home? Yeah. So Hamilton was only two and a half hours. That was another thing coming out of high school is I kind of wanted to stay close to home. Um, just cause I, I mean, I never really, I traveled some only in the U.S. Uh, when I was younger, so I was very much a homebody, and uh, all of my family lived pretty close by. So I knew I wanted to stay close enough where if I wanted to sneak home for a weekend or something, I could mm-hmm. um, get your laundry done. Yeah, I never did that. <laughs> no. oh, good job. While, but <laughs> I uh, I always tried to get it done before I came home. There's nothing worse than coming back after a nice relaxing weekend and having a pile of laundry to do. <laughs> 
No, that's that a lot of and a lot of decisions are made. A lot of athletes make decisions on that too, proximity to home, right? Uh, and it's okay not to to be not afraid, but to be more comfortable with something you know, right? Something within within a, a radius that you can, like you said, drive home in a couple of hours, be home, uh, and it that's completely fine, right? So so it's important that you make a decision on on something that you are comfortable with and not, not again just something because this kid went there and he want to you know be where that that guy or that girl is or where those guys that team is so make a decision on, on somebody else because of somebody else's preference and then your own so um and all so in college what are some things that uh helps you go through so in, in terms of uh not even school it can be knowing right the, the car all the car repair that you did some tricks that, that, that helped you through or that, that you wish you knew like yeah. housing because you were looking for housing right what are some obstacles to look for high school kids to warn them yeah um it's <laughs> a great question i guess uh if your parents ever want help making dinner or doing laundry or things like that around the house help them because you're going to need to know how to do that or you're going to be completely clueless when you need to do it on your own. Um, also worked a lot of different jobs growing up. I did like construction for a while and painting and um, just like helping with mechanical stuff on vehicles. And that paid off certainly when I got on my own and had things that needed to be done. Um, and yeah, just rely on... Um, the support structures you have in place, you know, like community members, old coaches, your parents, you know, if you're feeling down or you feel like you need help with something academically or just life related, call these people up and talk to them or shoot them a text, email, whatever. Um, make as many friends as you can. Uh, you can't have too many friends. Uh, do it in the right way. Uh, you don't have to go out to make friends. You can meet people in the library or clubs and stuff but yeah just build a big network and uh work hard along the way and rely on what resources you have available so no i when i went to college first thing like i wish i knew that as well or i wish i wasn't so proud to meet new people and to ask for help i think uh as soon as you realize that it's okay to say like, hey man, I, I, don't, I don't know how to do this. Like this is completely out of my comfort zone. Uh, not just laundry. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a very good example that you brought up. My first laundry work was, I'm a grown ass man at this point. I'm 18, 19 years old. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was, I put everything together. Even shoes <laughs> did not look good. Um, but uh, it's, it's very, very important to, uh, to know that it's okay to ask for help, right? Because the sooner you do, sooner you can get better. You can not just laundry, not just life in general, cooking. Oh my God, the dining halls is the best thing in America. Because if there were no dining halls, I would be eating cardboard. I mean, cooking on my own. Uh, but uh, I learned that all the time too. So summers when the dining halls are closed, uh, that was a learning curve as well. Uh, so yeah, that's that's very, very important point to ask for help right away and it's fine because everybody needs help everybody yeah. needs help with something uh you're not born knowing anything and you have to fail first a couple of times 
Uh, and that's fine, right? And you did a I, good job of that. You did a good job of that. Now, yeah. having a car or not having a car in college? Pros and cons. Yeah, so I didn't have a car in college until my senior year. Um, actually, so I shared a car with my sister all through high school. And then she went off to college and she had graduated at that point and had a job and a car of her own. So the car was just sitting at home and I kept asking my parents if I could take it to college with me. And they kept saying, if you get a 4.0, you can take to college with you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so uh, I think I finished, I was, I was quite devastated because my junior spring, I finished with a 3.85 or a 3.9. And I knew I wasn't going to be able to have the car then uh, for senior year, but they ended up surprising me and telling me since I turned around my grades by, honestly, it was about a one GPA point total. So yeah, yeah. about a two to a three, um, they said I could take the car and it was great. And then um, I got a different car before I came down to Virginia uh, and it was manual. I learned how to drive it like, two weeks before getting down to Virginia. Oh, uh, so my first month was a little challenging because I live in a pretty rural area in New York. So having to go from that to driving that in the city was quite different, but- Changing all the gears all the time, right? Yeah, it's, uh, it's beneficial, but if you can walk to places, it's certainly cheaper walking than it is driving. And uh, <laughs> I mean, I ended up selling the car because it broke down probably four times while I was at UVA um, where I'd have to get towed or yeah. uh, drive it 50 yards, pull over on the side of the road, wait for it to cool off because the radiator <laughs> was down and then drive another 50 yards until I could get it to a garage. So little things like that, that made <laughs> it interesting, but yeah. It makes memories though. It makes memories. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, it, it's, there are pros and cons, right? So if it's having a car and then having to store it, uh, parking, gas, and all that, insurance, and making sure over the summer to store it somewhere. You know, but it is convenient to have it so you can go to a grocery store, uh, mm -hmm. get to places faster, obviously. So um, there are pros and cons. And uh, one pro or con, depending how you look at this, uh, people who don't have a car, you will be their taxi driver in, in a good way, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Well, good. And uh, so about uh, UVA again. So to go back, you you came here. We had an incredible year. Uh, you went from 48, 49 uh, PR to plus 60, right? So how was that growth for you? And how um, in terms of training, throwing, monotone, how did you keep yourself motivated? All right, so you're not, you're coming here for school, but you're coming here to throw, and we know that you can throw far, but you're doing hard, heavy work on the hard days. How was, uh, how, how did you keep yourself motivated every day? Because that's a big commitment to do. Yeah, um, it was tough. I know. So when I came from Hamilton uh, at the D3 level, I kind of, I don't know. I think my head got too big for myself, and I felt like a big deal. You're badass. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then I got to UVA and uh, I'm surrounded by talent like Ava, Jacob, Claudio, Ethan, you know, the entire squad. And uh, 
I realized I wasn't quite as good as I thought I was. And I'm a pretty competitive person. So it helped having those people around to just try and beat them and everything. I know Jacob and I loved it the entire year. We'd like intentionally try and beat each other in every meet and we'd be talking trash to each other, like after the meet and stuff, all in good fun. Um, And in the weight room, we would, you know, if he had 200 kilos on the bar, I would put 201 on the bar. (laughs) So we would do little things like that to just try and be ahead of each other and everything. And, or just who could get through the workout as fast as you can, obviously in a safe way, not trying to, you know, do crazy things, but yeah, just little things like that. Um, It helped. And on the tough days, I just kind of uh, just remember why you're there and what you want to accomplish uh, since I was little, I always wanted to, I always wanted to do D one football and that was a big thing. And then I got older and track, you know, became a big part of my life. And it was like, well, I have distances right now that could get me into a D one program. And honestly, when I applied to UVA, I was completely clueless about how good the track team was and how good the throwing program was. And, uh, you know, I got there and it was just like a dream come true. And, uh, the biggest thing for me on tough days was just like, you're getting to do something that so many people in the world never have the opportunity to, and, uh, you get to do it with a lot of special people. You know, it's like, uh, I'd tell Claudio and Ethan and Jacob all the time. I'd be like, they, they'd be complaining about something. And I'd be like, Oh, it's not that bad. Like in 20 years, I'm going to be watching the Olympics on TV and I'm going to look at my kids and be like, see those three guys, I, I have their phone number. You want me to call them when they're done throwing? Yeah. But just uh, the opportunity to do something that I wouldn't be able to do otherwise was big for me and keeping me motivated along the way. So. Oh, and, and we appreciate you that you, uh, that you were right. That you were uh, so enthusiastic all the time and that you uh, were so supportive. And I can see in you the, the football part of of your life too because you were such a team player right uh track is such an individual sport but there are so many similarities in uh in 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 in, in a group sport that, that are in track uh what what are some of those that you uh that you saw and not not many people get to play football at college level and track what are some similarities that you see uh in, in those two sports yeah, so I mean, football is definitely different in that uh, when you're on the field, you've got 10 other guys that you have to rely on on every play where if they mess something up, it messes something up for the entire team. But track is also like that when you get to like championships, you want everyone to do well um, to get the points and win as a team. Um, but track is also unique in that it's it is a team sport, but it's also so individual. And something that I really liked about track that I felt was less of a thing with football is that in track, it's, it is a team event, but it's all on you and how good you do in your individual event. So there's no point in, you know, wishing that you do better than your teammates and they do terribly or your opponent does terribly and you do well because, at the end of the day, it's all on you, how you compete and how well you do. So I just felt like, well, I've done track. Why not root for your teammate? And if you get to know somebody who's on another team, root for them as well, because, you know, it's not really going to change how you do at the end of the day. So I think that's a, a big thing with track. But 
No, I, I, I can see that you took that seriously too, that, that how uh, you perform, it's on you because there's distance there, right? So you can't blame it on uh, passing the ball or a team having a, a lucky lucky game or, you know, a lucky, uh, a lucky pass or whatever, right? It's on you. And I love the way you took, even though you were very, very um, self critic, big self critic. And uh, you would critique yourself really hard on, on the meets, uh, ACCs or, or big meets, but you did incredibly well. Uh, I got to tell you this again, because uh, I know you are big biggest uh, uh, critic of yourself. Uh, to come in with no experience at this level, Right, so yeah, you were a big, big shot <laughs> in, a, in different, in different pods. You were a big fish in different pods, but to come to D1 first year uh, and end up going, growing so much, competing with best of the best, like you, like you said, right? You, you want to know these guys from UVA and from NCA, right? You competed ACC with some incredible guys uh, as well, and to come to regionals, so not nationals. You went to nationals, first round nationals, and throw well. I know you wanted to make it all the way, but you throw really well at uh, at the first first round nationals. It takes it takes guts, all right. So to come and you'll see a lot of athletes, good athletes in high school, come to that first regional, I mean the first round nationals, and just freak the heck out, right? But you came there and you fought. You came to ACC, you fought, uh, and you you did a incredible job. Do you think football helped you with that? Because in football, I mean, you got to go head straight. <laughs> There's no, like, you know, easy way. That's, it's a brutal sport. Yeah, I think um, I think it's actually less with football and more with uh, track. So actually my senior year of high school, I went to States for discus. Mm-hmm. And um, I'd been practicing really well leading up to it. And I thought I had a shot at placing. Mm-hmm. and I got there the day before and warmed up and was throwing I don't even know but the next day I threw probably 30 or 40 feet less than I did in warm-ups the day before mm-hmm. and I placed I think second to last in the state and I was just like I'm not going to do this again and then my freshman year of college I uh, made it to the championship meet for the league I was in uh, in hammer and disc and I showed up and I did the same thing where I just threw, uh, I don't know, probably five or six meters less in hammer. I think I fouled out of hammer actually. And disc, I threw like five or six meters less than what I had been averaging the entire season. And I finally just got to my sophomore year and I was kind of like, it just left a bad taste in my mouth where I was like, you know what? I have just as much right to be at this meet as everyone else does. I'm here and I qualified for a reason and it's either going to go well or it's not going to go well, but I'm going to go for it on every throw and see what happens. And that's going to be the result, however it goes. So I think that was a big thing for me was just losing a few times. Well, not losing, but not performing nearly as well as I wanted to, to recognize that, you know, it doesn't matter who you're competing against. It's you, the circle, and the hammer, the disc, or jab, or whatever. So, I uh, often say to uh, to my, my athletes, to you as well, uh, uh, on on those couple of occasions, what I like to see is that you go for it, right? So even if you have three fouls, we had a young lady who um, had a first foul, second foul, uh, one of the meets, 
And then I told her same thing, like, you got to go for it. Like, I don't care if it's a net. I don't care if it's a foul. You got to go for it. And she, and she did. She didn't end up, she ended up fouling for a little bit. Uh, but that's a success. When you when you go 100%, okay, not all or nothing, you know, not, not recklessly. But, yeah. hey, like, I, like you said, I deserve to be here. I'm going to go for it. Uh, I don't want to regret this situation. And you did that really well on all the meets. Uh, and it obviously came from a couple of disappointments, right? Uh, so, it, so like I said, say to uh, all my athletes who don't do well, this is bad, but it's also good if you can learn from it. Uh, I had a young man throwing, he was known for throwing to the net. Um, and uh, okay, so next time we do it, uh, when you do it, write it down. Let's see how, what you felt, how did it go. Uh, you got to learn from that situation. And uh, your, your disappointment fueled you forward. Uh, to get there so there's no such thing as a, as a bad meet or a bad uh, situation in sports it's another lesson right um, and you had a few of those and you did well at the end now in terms of injuries sports always comes always often comes with injuries how did you deal with some of your uh, injuries uh, mentally and physically yeah um <laughs> i've definitely had my fair share uh Sports related, I've had four surgeries now, three on my arm, one on my knee. Um, I broke my leg another time and had a surgery on that. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got an extensive record at this point. Um, and then just minor injuries, you know, throughout the season and stuff that you need to keep at to improve. Um, how do you find, but, yeah, how do you find motive to come back? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I don't know, I guess. You know, there's going to be there's going to be lows, very low lows when you are injured, where you think about all the effort you've put in and just not being able to compete or not knowing when you're going to be able to compete again or if you're ever going to reach the level you want to be at again. But I think it's important at the end of the day to just keep pushing forward and know that you'll have another shot at it if you try hard and you do everything you need to do. And for me, it was, I don't know. I have a little sister. So for me, it was like, if I give up now, what's she going to think when she does sports and she gets injured, she's just going to want to give up. Um, and yeah, to me, it was just like, I need to get better. And another thing that was big was a lot of the time, like, especially with all the surgeries, I had doctors or nurses or somebody tell me, uh, or physical therapists, whoever that, I was not going to be able to compete again, or I wouldn't be able to do a sport again and things like that. And to me, it was always like, if I'm not going to be able to do that, I'm not going to be able to do that, but I'm not going to have somebody else tell me I can't compete again. Um, so if it's going to stop, it's going to be on my own terms. So that was a big thing for me was always just getting back to it and having the opportunity to do what I love again. So. Yeah. Perseverance. Yeah. No, that's that's amazing, and I love I love the, both of those uh, examples or both of those reasons uh, to have somebody who you love, like your little sister, not to disappoint her, right? Because I'm sure she was your biggest cheerleader, right? She would cheer for you and be happy for your results, and you don't want to disappoint her, and you don't want her set her example that hey, it's a, you know you fail, it's okay to fail and not try again, right? No, it's okay to fail, but you can't just give up right so you, you have to find everything that you can to make yourself better 
situation better as you have through all those uh, surgeries. Uh, I think you hold the record for, for all yeah. the injuries <laughs> on our team. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and you still did well, right? You threw over 60 legit uh, hammer thrower, legit hammer thrower. You became uh, at the end of all that, right? Um, yeah. I think to be a hammer thrower, you do need to, <laughs> to not to counter the reason, but you have to be stubbornly persevere. I don't know how to frame it, uh, yeah. not to say stupidly, uh, stupidly um, motivated, not motivated, but um, working hard, working hard to a stupid way, but you have to be persevere so hard. Uh, throwing hammer, it, it, we have to throw in the rain, we have to throw in the cold, you're going to have blisters, uh, back is going to hurt if you don't have a good technique. Um, and again, how similar is that to, to football? Did you guys play over there in some cold cold uh, weathers and rains? Oh, yeah. I've played games in the snow and the rain. And we had one year that uh, we called it like a mud bowl where it started raining in the first quarter and they didn't cancel. And by the end of it, you couldn't see the lines on the field because it was just all mud. Um, but, yeah, just being able to compete in any condition and get after it is important. So, I don't know. Yeah. And football definitely for good or for bad. It taught me about competing through a little bit of pain at times. So yeah. and I mean, I when I saw you do that, when I saw you play football and you were still doing some weight throwing some hammer, I knew you're going to, you can be a really good hammer thrower. Uh, Cause uh, we, we uh, track and field athletes. We're very proud in terms of strength and speed, we always compare ourselves to football players, how better we are than them, right? If we are, there's some incredibly strong linemen, but there's some incredibly strong throwers too, right? On average, you'll see a big shot putter or hammer throwers clean much more or squat much more than um, the average uh, football player. But we, uh, in track, what we take it for granted or we don't look at is the conditions that you have to throw or you have to play. Uh, yeah. And the heat, with all that gear and then in the cold and you have to hit a guy at uh at the freezing temperatures um and that's why that's why like i said i knew you can be a really really good hammer thrower because you will not mind uh to throw in in the rain or throw in the cold um and there's something about that when you have to work in hard conditions that make you so much better especially hammer i don't know why but if you look at all these hammer throwers Rarely they come from really nice, uh, um, warm areas, right? Yeah. And uh, it's, it's, you know, all these, uh, Rudy, he's from up there. Uh, these Polish guys, all right, Russian guys uh, back in the day and still uh, German, even Germans uh, late, lately. Uh, it's, it's something about the hammer that's just, you have to be a little stubborn and go through that little bit of pain uh, to persevere, like Hildmar, right? Uh, one example, I remember... It was 20 something there is 25, 24. It was minus eight Celsius. So whatever that is in Fahrenheit, right? He's from Iceland, from Croatia. We do Celsius. So 26 or 25 um, outside. And I'm like, it's kind of cold outside. It's minus eight. Um, do you want to throw inside? And for hammer, as you know, it's more beneficial to throw outside than in, in the, uh, inside. Right? You can see where the hammer is and uh, you can orient yourself better in the ring. He's like, coach, uh, it's, yeah, it's been safe, but it's not uh, windy. So, yeah, let's go outside. <laughs> I'm like, okay, let's go outside at 24 degrees. Um, so, it, for hammer throw, you got have to be a little 
stubborn, a little persevere like that. Uh, and you had that through football, right? So, um, so that's why I think you, that's why not just amazing um, technique changes that you made, uh, but also the perseverance. And that's why I know you're going to uh, do really well in, in, in the future as well. How long do you tend to throw? Because now you're doing PhD. There's no reason why you should continue throwing hammer. Uh, <laughs> you have a fellowship or what, what do you call that? Uh, you, yeah, you're I'm not a sistership, yeah. Yep. So why are you doing it? Yeah, uh, it's definitely it's going to be busy again this year. Um, since I, I'm thrown at Georgia for my last indoor and outdoor season, um, you know, I I just don't want to give it up at this point. I've grown to love it, and uh, I still feel like there's a lot more out there that I'm chasing after and can do. Um, I just kind of want to see what I can make out of it. And uh, I've kind of set a number in mind for this year, or if I don't hit that number, I might not keep training afterwards. But if I'm close to that number, then uh, I think I'm going to keep training on my own uh, just to see what I can do. And uh, I feel like a lot of hammer throwers don't peak until they're in their late 20s, early 30s because um, it's so technical. So I feel like I've still got a little bit of time to try and catch up. I know I'm a little behind compared to most people my age, but it's, uh, just see what, see what will happen and do it for as long as I can. And I'm sure someday I'll still uh, tinker around with it and maybe do like the master's meets and stuff like that they have in the U.S. But we'll, we'll see as time goes on and how my body holds up because it's definitely uh, – not an event that is uh super easy on yourself but and uh i got a few more questions before i let you go uh inter you just we mentioned about uh the friends that you met along the way how uh in football obviously you, you, those guys are your brothers right you go into the war together um in track and field you get to know people and then football is pretty much all americans <laughs> you rarely have somebody from around the world uh, how, uh, how was that experience for you to meet all these people from all these backgrounds, from all uh, sizes, right? You have throwers, jumpers, runners, uh, and you make friends from all over the world. How was that experience for you? And is that why, is that one of the reasons why you like the sport as well? Yeah, I do like that. I feel like, uh, like you said, football is very American based, whereas track is something international. And for the most part, with most of the events, you don't need equipment to do it. So you can do it anywhere in the world. And uh, no, it's definitely been awesome getting to know people. In undergrad, it wasn't as much um, international students. But, um, you know, like at UVA, I got to meet quite a few international athletes on the track team. You were minority. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, American I was. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. Uh, Claudio, for example, introduced me to a lot of things that I'd never heard of or uh, tasted before, just food or stuff like that from Chile. Uh, so that was pretty cool. And uh, just getting to learn about different cultures, you know, in practice or while you're competing and stuff is, uh, at least for me, I like exploring. I like learning a lot more. So being able to learn while you're throwing I mean, on top of the learning you're obviously doing in terms of technique and everything else is pretty special and fun. 
I like that one uh, learning experience we both had uh, with another athlete from Greece. When you were throwing, he had this little uh, sticky, sticky uh, uh, glue. Yeah. Apparently, had, had, I remember that when he told me, like, oh, this is the handball glue. I'm like, oh, I never, I never thought about that until then. And then he gave you some, and it works well, right? Yeah, yeah, no. I've been looking at that to see where I can get more of it. I still have some left, actually, but I'm already trying to plan for this upcoming season to make sure I have it when I, I want it. But, yeah. There you go. And I, I love how, you know, sharing and track and field, even though you competed against each other, uh, he was like, no, here, 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 take more, take more. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but so, yeah, I, that's one part of what I track that I love. It's such a diversity and people from all around the world, friends for life that you're going to meet. And you are in great hands over there. Uh, you have, you're going to have a great team as well. Coach Babby is amazing. Uh, I mean, talk about diverse throwers that he coached. Oh my God. From, from, from forever until now, uh, from everywhere, including myself, I had a great time uh, meeting a lot of people there. So uh, it, as much as I'm sad that we couldn't find a program for you, that we, you couldn't get in, uh, it's something that you wanted, right? It, or it wasn't here that you find it at Georgia is awesome. And uh, even though I'm again at UVA, uh, I know that you were in good hands there, and you're gonna have a good time and learn a lot. Um, and like you said, there's in throwing hammer, there's so much uh, weight on years of throws, number of throws, and you have to mature. It's a old man sport. Um, as uh, Every now and then you have a young man, a young man, quote unquote, 25, 26, throw far and hammer. You'll see a lot of these guys in their uh, late 20s, early 30s, throwing far, 35, still throwing really far because you do need a lot of number of throws. And you, I told you, you just, I would, I would joke every time, right? I'm afraid it's like, you just started a couple of months ago. Like this is <laughs> for, yeah. for a couple of months of throwing, you threw a 60 meter. That's incredible. Um, but you do need to throw 40, 50 throws a day four or five times a week, 30 to 50, depending on your body, right? Um, so uh, a lot of thousands and thousands of throws uh, until you can really feel the implement and, and throw really far. So you are definitely in, on that track to do well, but it's just a matter of if you have time. So I'll, uh, one, one more last question, Ty, and I ask this to uh, everybody. Uh, if you can give some advice not just uh, recruiting wise, we talked about that looking at school, but to these young high school athletes, uh, what would you, or yourself, what would that be? Um, yeah, I know as silly as it sounds when I was little, I, uh, I found like a bunch of quotes I liked and I put them up on the wall above my bed. And one that really stuck with me um, all the way up through was hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. So just the idea that, you know, you can make your dreams come true and be able to compete at the level you want and find the success you want if you're willing to give all and make sacrifices to the things in life that, you know, you don't necessarily need to be doing every single day or that often in general um, and just get after it. And uh, yeah, just work as hard as you can to make your dreams come true and it'll all work out at the end of the day. There's definitely going to be bumps along the way. But yeah. talent is never enough if you don't work hard. Uh, and even if you're not talented, you can get far. Yeah, I love that. That's, that's so true in your life. That's true, true in so many people's lives. How many high school superstars did we see 
that we knew that can do well and then never you know, came up to the expectations, right? And how many times we have seen these quote unquote, uh, nobody's come and like, oh my God, right? Well, the cliche example of Tom Brady, right? So uh, <laughs> he not super fast, not, nothing special, uh, yep. works his, his butt off. Uh, same as Ty Kunzman. So even more. I don't know if you're a Patriots fan in football. No, no. no. <laughs> okay. Just about everybody around me up in uh, yeah. they're not a Giants fan, they're a Patriots fan in New York, but or Bills. So who, are you who's your team? I like the Chicago Bears. <laughs> oh, why why Chicago Bears? Um, my dad uh just is a huge Bears fan. I yeah. growing up. That was a good way to spend time with them and connect was watching Bears games. And, you know, even though they haven't done very well in the past 10 years or so, I'm still a big fan. So it's cyclical. They'll come. They'll come. It goes up and down, up and down. But Ty, thank you so much again. And I, I told you this before. Uh, and I'll tell it all the time. You were such a, such a benefit uh, to us, all of us. You made us better by looking at your hard work, looking at your belief in yourself and the way you dedicated your time, sacrificed so much to come uh, down to Virginia and to, to make yourself better. Uh, it meant a lot to these young men and women who, uh, who are training with you. Well, you made a lot of friends. You're going to be uh, who? Uh, UVA Cavalier forever. And we're very grateful for everything that you've done for this team. Uh, and you keep keep uh, doing your thing, keep uh, chasing your dreams. 